Hello, left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is freshly infielded member, Michael Abramowitz. Michael, appreciate you being here today. Thanks for coming on the podcast with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We always start out with easy stuff, simple stuff. We don't throw you a hardball right out of the gate, but just give us who you are, where are you from, what do you do kind of stuff. My name is Mike Abramowitz, and I grew up in New Jersey, live in Tampa, Florida right now with my wife, Lindsay, and my son, James. He's two years old, and I have a background in direct sales for about 20 years. I would say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have nine different books, best-selling author and professional speaker, mainly right now specialize in helping overwhelmed entrepreneurs simplify their businesses. That way they could win back their time and really spend that time on what matters most. And we usually do that through automation, delegation, and building out business systems. After building multiple six-figure companies, coaching companies, direct sales companies, and whatnot, now we started helping other people do the same. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun working from home and having a new uh, toddler, and it's been great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, we were talking before we started. I think there's value in left field trying to tap into your skill set because we're in that crazed entrepreneurial field these days. Good timing that we stumbled on one another at this point. It's interesting. A lot of people want to almost reverse it, engineer it, where they become like a business owner, an entrepreneur to make, to have like a machine that creates money. And then they take that money and then put that money to work in passive income. But the challenge is they create this business machine that requires so much time. They quit the nine to five just to work 24 seven is what we we typically say. (laughs) And then they are exchanging their time for money just in a different capacity. We realize that there's a need in the marketplace for this. It's like, wait a minute, I've freed myself up from several different companies. How do we do that? oh, we could actually curriculumatize this. I don't know if that's a word, but that's what we did. And it's like, it's really cool. And then having that machine that creates money and then taking that money to put into work so I could take my time and then build another machine or spend it with the family or do whatever. It's really, it's been a beautiful gift to myself that now getting a chance to give that to other people. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're preaching to the choir on that for sure. I just recently left my W-2 a couple of weeks ago, actually, to jump into left field full time and help out. Congrats. And thank you. Appreciate that. And yeah, we need to find those efficiencies. I don't create a new rat race getting out of the old rat race. So, but we'll talk more on that. That's for sure. That'll be a whole nother episode, I think. But tell us a little bit more about the journey on your personal side of things. Where are you in your passive investing space these days and how'd you get there? Well, it's interesting. My dad growing up, he had 20 something different rental properties. And so I was exposed to that. He owns his own plumbing business up in New Jersey. He's 82. He still works six days a week inside his plumbing business. But he exposed me to the idea of passive income and having real estate. So 2006, I bought my first house. It was like a house hack before that was cool. So I lived in one room and I rented out to a bunch of other college kids. So I was 20 years old and uh, bought the first house doing that in 2006. And then 2007, did the same thing with a condo. 
and then in 2008 did found like a really good auction on another property so i had three rental properties by 22 so then i graduated college got my degree in industrial engineering i had my three rental properties it was kind of like working real well 2008 i had these three properties creating this passive income and then we all know what happened <laughs> so, yeah exactly so <laughs> 2008 and then yeah the renters didn't pay anymore and then the, they didn't want to pay and then vandalized properties and there was a mold breakout in one of them and so the the short of it after a lot of attorney fees and going back and forth and still paying the mortgage and the taxes and everything i ended up losing about 130 grand i was near bankrupt i lost the properties and i had deficiency judgments against me for <laughs> 7 years so it was a challenging time because going through my 20s, it's like the fear of if I made too much money, at any point in time, these banks can just take the money out of my bank account. There was this fear of my 20s. I was like, damn it, I tried to work so hard to get ahead. And it really kept pushing me back. I was negative 130 grand, about a 400 credit score during my 20s. And now I'm 38 in June. So during my 30s, once that all sunsetted and I had to go through the credit repair and get those secured credit cards and build things back up real slowly. Learned about the cash value life insurance policy. So I started funding those a couple, about a, maybe half a decade ago now. And just like, all right, I knew I wanted to get to some passive investing, eventually get back into the game. I just had to recover a little bit. And that's essentially what I started doing. I don't know if, I, if you want me to keep going on where I'm at now, but that's like kind of what led me into where I'm at now. But no, I think it's great that you had the wherewithal to go through that experience, but realize it's still a good formula to use. It still allows you to develop wealth. Maybe you had some bad luck for the first time, timed it wrong. You hit the worst market we've had in the real estate industry in a long time. What gave you the strength or the ability to keep plugging through knowing that the answer was in there? You just hit bad timing or bad experience or whatever the case was. It's crazy. I kept reading these different, I just learned Coffee House Investor, one of those books that I picked up. And then a friend of mine, Rachel Richards, she has a couple books called Money Honey and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement. Just befriended her where we go back to the Cutco days and just conversations around how to just get my stocks and investments and Roth IRAs. And I just put the money into those buckets. And then she was kind of like, not her, the the cash value life insurance wasn't her thing. So I went through a different friend for that. He gave me a book, The Infinite Banker by Nash. And that was really helpful. Just kind of get my, so just feeding my mind on different things, self-educated because no one in my family and a lot of my friends, I mean, everyone was like, put it into the long-term SEPs, the self-employment opportunities, the Roth IRA, just max those out. And I was just like, that's good, but there's gotta be more. I put money into those. But I'm like, I really want my money to work for me. I don't get that money till later. I really want to get that money to work for me sooner. In the recent future, I met Chris Larson. And Chris Larson, I, I know he's a member of the group and he has the, the Next Level Income podcast and his book. And I got to connect with him. And he was someone who really just helped me go from conceptual of like, what's the concept of how to use my infinite banking strategy to let's put it into practice. We evaluated my businesses. I evaluated just my net worth and everything. He got me to show that as a, an accredited investor, I was able to show him my credit scores uh, at that time was right over 800. I just took, created some uh, different things on my credit. So right now it's still high sevens, uh, just as uh, I create some credit limits and whatnot, but so still in the high sevens. And he helped me get accredited. 
And then from there, he, I did my first syndication deal with him. I was like, all right, this is a first for me. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of cool to get a couple hundred bucks. All right. So I gave him, you know, some money and then he gave me, I get this monthly return. I did another deal, like a hard money lender gave 50 grand and that pays me 8% annual distributed monthly. His syndication deal that we worked out, he has about $50,000 working for me over there. And then I have another deal that was more of a gamble with Credit Sesame. It was one of those like, if it hits, hits an IPO, then I'll right, right. That was more gambles. So I gave 50 grand over there, but I'm borrowing it. I'm funneling it through my cash value life insurance policy. That way it's growing in the policy while working over here at these 8%, 12%. And if I get the 4% of my policy, and then I have some money in the markets. I get another like 250 or so working in the market in a brokerage account. Then my wife and I have a couple retirement accounts in the Roths and such. So, and I'm open book. I talk the numbers because no one talked the numbers <laughs> with me when I was coming up and I just felt... I think there's something to that just to share some tangible dollars with all this too, that it's not a rocket science, but it sounds like you've really worked your way into a good diverse portfolio now too to protect against that drop of 2008 again. Spreading it out a little bit. Yeah, we can't catch the falling knife real well all the time, but you can at least prep that you're getting close anyway. Yeah. So great. So you've got uh, what percentages in passive do you feel like of your portfolio now? Just trying to get a feel for all that. It's interesting because I don't know if we consider the brokerage account that does make money passive because it grows, but it just continues to get compounding in there. Do you consider that passive income or is it only distribution? Is that considered passive? I kind of fight with that too. I don't know what you do, how you define it. I let my CPA define it is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me how this is going to get taxed. Is this going to be passive or active? That's how I go off of it. <laughs> Fair enough. And the market hasn't done great anyways. I don't think it has been doing much, but right now I have, I would say I have about percentage of the portfolio. I mean, I could just do the numbers. There's about a hundred grand just working the syndication and the real estate right now. And then there's another 250 in the market and the brokerage account. And then there's 15 in crypto that I don't know that that's supposed to be like paying me some <laughs> stuff, but we'll see. <laughs> right. It's on its way back in theory. Yeah. And then I still have another 50 or so in cash value that I could still borrow again. So I'm looking for the next deal, what I can just kind of put that to work for. And then the 50,000 that's in credit sesame, which is kind of the gamble as far as percentage is passive. It's probably maybe 20%, 20 to 30%. This is Zach Hapsensall, CEO and co-founder of Rise 48 Equity. At Rise 48, we've completed over $1.7 billion in total transactions, including 11 successful full cycle dispositions. If you're looking to invest with an experienced sponsor in either the Phoenix, Arizona, or Dallas, Texas markets, then set up a call with us today at rise48equity.com backslash invest. That's R-I-S-E 48equity.com backslash invest. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably already thinking about ways to generate income passively and to reduce your tax burden. But did you know that you can retain more of your W-2 income by investing in oil and gas? As you might know, my income is generally passive. But if you're a high wage earner who still gets a large portion of your income from a W-2 job, this investment opportunity could help you hold on to more of your hard-earned money, which means you have the chance to make more passive investments. Billy Keels and the team at First Generation Capital Partners are experienced with investing in this sector, and they have a free 
free download available for our listeners who want to learn more. To find out just how much you could save by investing in oil and gas, head to firstgencp.com slash LFI pay less tax and download your free guide. What's your your strategy? Are you feeling like migrate more that way? Are you happy with the mix that you've got? I am very aggressively trying to get it to where it's paying me 10 grand a month. Like that's the path that I want to go on. Right now it's only paying me like in my bank account, maybe like a thousand a month. Right. So this year is is very much the goal for me to get just moving in that direction where I get the distribution, those cash flows and get that cash flow. That's where I mapped out with a couple of friends of like, okay, what are the actual numbers that I need to put in? There's two ways to do it. It's like put more capital in at like the eight to 12% or take higher risks at like a 20 something percent. It's like, oh, I don't know. We have a medically complex two-year-old. My wife is a full-time medical mama. I'm like, how much risk do I want to take? Uh, so it's, it is an interesting place to be. So it is. I think that's at least how I discovered my why was for those scenarios that you're dealing with, the life scenarios that get thrown at you that what if I have a problem where I can't work in a corporate world anymore? I'd like to build this up so I don't have that. That's one fear I can control and get out of the way. You're starting to manage it yourself as well, which I think is great. And it, what we try to do with this podcast, too, is we like telling the story because we know there's people that are a couple steps behind you that are hearing this and like, oh, you know, I could take Mike's path. It isn't 100% what I need to do, but there are elements in it that I can learn from what he's done and hopefully start me on my journey too. What about some lessons learned as you've gone along the way? Those are always helpful to be able to give advice or, or lessons learned that you've picked up on that as you've gone your journey, what you might do differently or whatever the case may be. The early 20s was obvious. The lessons there were don't run a marathon without training. I didn't read any books. I didn't read any. I didn't learn anything. I was just like, oh, this seems like a good idea. I want to retire before I'm like 40, like a lot of 20 year olds say with no strategy at all. I think the lesson there is just be the bug I got for personal growth and reading and learning. I wish going back hindsight, I would have just digested more of those that literature a little bit earlier on. But it's hard to say what, what I've done, but that's what I started doing. While I was in the valley, I was reading a lot of books to get myself just prepared for the next peak. And I think that's something that's really important, you know, getting exposed to Tony Robbins, going to my first UPW event circa 2012 and walking across the fire and just getting exposed to an environment of different type of thinking. And that's kind of set me on a trajectory of saying, huh, is there another way to make money where, because I was doing okay, I was making like $50,000, $75,000 a year, my direct sales company, but it was like, I was working all the time. So then I was like, what else can I do? So I was like, let me become a speaker. And I wrote books, my Grab Tomorrow series, and I have nine books. And I was like, all right, let me do that. But then I was like, shoot, I remember a specific day, I did a book signing in Clearwater, Florida, or in St. Petersburg, Florida. And then I did a speaking event in Clearwater, Florida, which is like 45 minutes north. And then I had to go back down to do an event in my office for an event that we had. And someone, one of my staff members quit. And then I had to take on her responsibilities. And I also run a local charity here called PB&J for Tampa Bay, where we feed the homeless once a month. So we provided over 105,000 sandwiches. And it's been really cool. And then I was like, I got to go to Walmart. It's like midnight to go buy bread and supplies and pee for beer and jelly. And I'm like, how the hell can I ever have a a (laughs) wife and a family and a kid doing all this? So it's like, that was a big shift. There's got to be a better way to make money. And that was, like I said, uh, several years back, but 
I don't even know how I got on that whole tangent, but you know. <laughs> no, it's a good tangent. I think a lot of us feel that. I felt the rat race. Actually, we were watching everything everywhere all at once this weekend. And I'm like, that's the feeling I get when I get overwhelmed is you're just getting bombarded. I like your your model you have with your business to coach entrepreneurs about how to figure out how to dissect that and split it up share it with others so that you aren't taking on all that burden. I think that works in entrepreneurship. I think it works in your day-to-day trying to manage your career life, your home life, your investment life, whatever the case. I think we learn lessons from that in all aspects of our life. Oh, big time. Oh, and the huge lesson is the, the old JFK quote. It's like the best time to work on the roof is when the sun is shining. And it's too often that we wait for the circumstances to happen. And then it's like, oh, I got to go figure things out. But by me learning during the valley, preparing for the next peak and getting ready for it, because I knew every life is an ebbs and flow of seasons, right? There's the seasons of life. Spring always follows winter. So my winter season and that valley season is not always going to be there. So it's like eventually spring is going to come. And that's when I could start planting those seeds. And I feel like my whole life has been a whole bunch of transitions of those seasons. And if that's the truth for my life, then I got to lead to believe that's the truth for a lot of people's lives. So I found a book called The Seasons of Life by Jim Rohn. Go figure. It's like, oh, this is an actual thing. (laughs) Right. That was really helpful. One of the things I'll say is when you plant those seeds, when you're not in the winter season, you're planting the seeds during the spring, whether it be in your business or in a vehicle that helps you make the money or learning about how to put that money to work. The short of it is my son was born at one pound, four ounces. So he could fit in my hand. He was a a micro preemie and he was born at 26 weeks. My wife and I were in the hospital with him for eight and a half months. So for 254 days. But if I didn't plant those seeds back in like 2017, 18, 19 and learning how to do some of the stuff, putting my money to work for me and putting my business to be able to make money for me without me by leveraging delegation and automation and offshore assistance and putting systems in place. Well, there's no way. I mean, my business still produced 250,000 in revenue and six figures in profits without me for eight and a half months. So it's like when I came into the house, it was like more people need to, to learn how to put business systems in place. And that was September of 2021. And we're like, this is what, what I'm doing. This is what I'm called to do is to teach this and help people do this. So now people like Chris Larson helping me on the back end where it's like taking the revenue and put it to work for me and then having the business free up time. So it's really a beautiful equation. It's a beautiful formula that I continue to learn. Not like every week I'm reading and learning and listening to podcasts to get better and refining this skill consistently. Again, another long tangent, but No, it's a great story. And I really appreciate you sharing all of it. I'm assuming everything's in much better shape. Your son's doing well and everything now. And he's had a trach for most of his life. So we're actually, we just found out April 27th. I don't know. We're looking to get a decannulation to see how he does without the trach in. Awesome. For the first time ever. So we're really excited about getting that airway evaluation done. And he's a strong kid. He's awesome. He's now like 22 pounds. He's great. He's fun. Oh, that's great. he's, he's, He's a great, great kid. My wife has kept a blog every day. Blog is called The Journey of James Weston. So it's every single day she keeps a blog of his progress. It's fantastic. It's helping moms now. And it's it's really beautiful what she has done with that. That's great. Well, you sound like a strong dad, too. I mean, that's a lot to deal with. I like your lessons learned. I like what your business is about. I don't think your life has to be as complicated as yours is to get benefits out of it, too. But I can totally appreciate how great it is to find those systems, I'm sure, 
in the situations you're in to be able to help keep things rolling and sure not stress out. You know, it's one less thing you worry about. You got other better things to focus on, that's for sure. That's right. What's next? What's on the agenda for your future then related to all of this? Our goal is, like I mentioned, I want to get to the point where the passive income creates that 10000 a month. And just so we have that nest where all of the medical expenses, our lifestyle expenses, everything is just covered where, yeah. all right, 10 grand a month, we know that passive that's coming in. Now that I have a lot of the foundation laid because I have those, the Roth and the brokerage accounts and all that, so I just want to continue making money, putting that money to work, building up the, the passive income portfolio to get to 10 grand a month. And then once that's, once that's like kind of set in and forget it, then I'm 30, I'll be 38. So I'd like to get it to that point by 40 is my goal. That way, if I wanted to homeschool James or if I wanted to, if we wanted to travel, if we wanted to like do an RV life or if we wanted to have more kids or whatever it might be, I just have options for my 40s. And then ideally by the 50s, I kind of get stuck, but I want to like almost be like this sage where I can just volunteer my time and speak and contribute and revisit some of that grab tomorrow stuff that I started that I just kind of sunset it a little bit because it was too much of that exchange time for money. But once the money is taken care of and family is good and, and everything is great, then I can kind of go back and revisit some of that like deeper purpose stuff that I yeah. really am connected to. But right now it's very much like teaching entrepreneurs to win back their time and, and showing them some of the lessons that I've learned. That's awesome. That's great. No, it sounds like a fantastic journey. Good goals to set. You sound like you're disciplined around your goals too. So I'm sure you'll get there. Just now it just takes time. Mike, I really appreciate you coming on. Great story, great journey you've been on. A lot of perseverance. Really impressed with all the stuff you've been through and where you are today. That's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing today. We appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. And if there's anything I could do to help the community, obviously I'm an open book, if you can't tell already. <laughs> I'm happy to share more or help wherever I can help. Fantastic. Very good. Thank you once again. And we thank everybody for tuning in today. And we will see you next time in the spotlight. Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy. Not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place so you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribes. It's a game changer. Check them out at TribeVest.com. Visor provides investors with a secure platform that displays a comprehensive view of all of their holdings on a single holistic dashboard. From real estate syndications to private equity, crypto to traditional investments with AI-driven, unbiased, honest insights to maximize return, Visor is your one place to rule them all. Automating performance tracking, projecting future cash flow, analyzing all your financial documents, and much more in one powerful solution, making it easy to follow the money. Sign up for a free 30-day trial now at Visor.co. Infielders get 15% off.
Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.